There's not one guy, one person in the history of this program that's bigger than the program. I have the opportunity to, to the first time I get to lead a program uh, at Oklahoma. Are you kidding me? It doesn't get any better than just, this. The biggest reason is, is just, you know, this is Oklahoma. And uh, Oklahoma uh, is, is um, a special place. All right, so welcome back to the fourth episode of Sooner Surge. Um, let's go ahead and get straight into it. Fall camp has been wrapped up, and we, at the time of recording this, are officially 14 days away from uh, the Sooners taking the field against UTEP. So what are y'all's thoughts on uh, fall camp being over and all that kind of stuff? Well, first of all, I want to say that it's crazy to think that the season's so close. Because everything over the summer and spring and fall just came up on us very quick. And um, I think that fall camp has been very competitive. I think it's been a healthy fall camp this year for the team. The culture on the practice field is especially started to settle in, which is one thing that stood out to me. Oh, yeah, and all the all the kind of – you know, the stuff outside of football they're doing, whether it be going to the water park or having the talent show, all that stuff, man, it's just kind of like bonding. Uh, but doesn't it seem like this fall camp has kind of, I don't want to say dragged out, but does it feel like that Gundy situation was like two months ago? Yeah, it does. I feel like it happened so long ago. So long ago, and that was kind of right at the kind of right at the start of fall camp, if I remember right. It so, also feels like fall camp itself has gone by quickly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, there's some there's some definite positives. I think we're starting to hear kind of what kind of we think uh, maybe the lineups are going to be a little bit. I think it's starting yep. to dwindle a little bit. And you're kind of starting to see some guys just and hear about BV talk about guys. And I mean, I'm just going to go and start off with, I, I think we got a star in the making and hearing Venables talk about him, Billy Bowman. I think, I mean, he's a true sophomore, but he, he could leave OU as maybe one of the best safeties to play at OU, in my opinion. The guy is making huge strides. He seems like a hard worker. Venables throws praise out there, which he doesn't do very often, especially singling people out like that. So I think he's poised to have a major, major year. Yeah, yeah, I I completely agree with you. Uh, I think there's so much potential with Bowman. Um, And potential-wise, I think he has that potential to be a very high pick in the in the draft, but I also agree he has a very high potential to be, I mean, one of the, you know, one of the best, I don't know, like he may be the first guy in Venable's, like, era at Oklahoma that was really that guy defensively. Oh, yeah, for sure. Then also, like you guys were saying, how uh, Jason, how whenever you said Brent Venables singled him out in the interview, like, he said that he was playing the best on the defense throughout all of fall camp. And he said more than talent. that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said he's been the most consistent, consistent player, I believe. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, I believe it was Parker Thune on OU Insider VIP the other day on their live stream on YouTube. He said that whenever he seen Billy Bowman out there, it was him or Teddy Lehman that said that, Parker Thune. Um that he's not out there doing the flashy things, but he's always in the right place at the right time. He's so sound in his fundamentals, and that's what's really going to help you be a, a successful player in a defense like this that's so complex and oh, difficult yeah. and, to learn. And, and you have to, as a safety, the number one number one thing you have to be as a safety is you have to be confident in the call and in your positioning because especially in Venable's offense, most of the time, he is, his safeties are extremely, extremely aggressive on the run. And so you have to be confident. Like if you're going up there, for, you got to be confident it's a running play. You know what I mean? Like you're in the right position. 
and you can't miss the tackle. I mean, because, you know, usually safety is the last line of defense. And if you're coming up there to, to pound on the run, you got to make that tackle. But what do you think about Bowman also? Do you think he's going to get some run at kick returner? Uh, I heard that me, on what, what podcast was that? The, um... I heard I heard people talking that maybe he could get some run at kickoff returner. They, yeah, yeah, I, I see that. I, 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 th- I think that was OU Insider. That's no, it wasn't. It was on. No. Um, uh, was, was it Oklahoma Breakdown? They said it. Yeah, that, yeah. I, it was I, Layman, I don't remember what I don't remember it. what podcast it was on, but someone but yeah, said it. I yeah, I think right. I think he's kind of. Maybe at the first of the, maybe in spring, he, you know, Venables even, if you remember in the spring interviews, Venables talked about him and how they feel like he's kind of getting used to being in the same position. Last mm-hmm. year he was asked to do so much this year and he's just kind of continued because I feel like maybe in the spring, maybe Key Lawrence was talked about a little bit more, but now I feel like mm-hmm. Bowman's name just keeps coming up. And then I watched, the OU football video they put it out from the scrimmage made a nice interception look like uh, one handed yeah. that was yeah insane. so one I mean yeah so I so could I see him at, at kick returner but I also think you could see uh, Freeman or uh, Jaden Rowe or Sawchuck Sawchuck yes yeah well maybe, like maybe maybe Williams I mean. Speaking of uh, special teams, I saw someone say, I don't remember who, but some people think that Turk is the best player on the team, which in special teams, I don't know, but apparently they practice it so much in fall camp. I think it's a thing they practice the most. From- oh, yeah, but did you hear Venables? He wouldn't talk about the holding situation. Almost like, oh, because sometimes we're going to have Dylan back there holding it and run it fake. That was mm-hmm. weird, wasn't it? Yeah. And then also, oh, I... what what did you hear? I think it was Teddy on Oklahoma Breakdown. He was at last week's scrimmage. He said that Turk hunted one like 72 yards and it was a wobbler. It wasn't, yeah. even, it no. wasn't even like a spiral, dude. They said it just still went 72 yards. Dude, yeah, and insane. It was 72 yards in the air. Which is even more impressive, not after the bounce in the air. Sick. That's dude. crazy. That's crazy. I don't know. So I, the strength of the team this year might be special teams, to be honest. I still don't know about kicker. I mean, we still don't know a whole lot about kicker. They've never actually kicked in front of eighty five thousand yeah. people. I mean, what's gonna happen when yeah. they they walk out there? Yeah, UTEP, okay, Kent State. But what about Nebraska on the road yeah. and you need a field Nebraska. goal to win it? I mean, or a field goal to extend the lead, like a big kick? How are they going to That's why it? I think it'll be Schmidt. Yeah, yeah I, I think it'll be Zach. He's – I just know he's older than Freeman, but he's been there for a little bit. I can pull it up I right now. I think he now. might be a senior. I want to say he's a junior. I would. I think he's upper class, yeah. Um, junior, senior. I think he'll probably win the job. Just because oh, yeah, he's experienced. He yeah. is a redshirt sophomore. So he's oh, three yeah. there, but he's a redshirt sophomore. We were okay. off. So I think we have to talk about this week. The big news was T.D. Roof. Um, T.D. Roof, out for the year, it sounds like that stinks, man, because I was wanting to see him play. Just yeah. with his football knowledge and experience. So yeah, that sucks. For sure. I feel like. When we talk about the uh, room, right, with that TD roof's in, it feels like the room has gone from deep with Stutzman, Aguagbu, White, Roof, who am I forgetting? Whittier. Witter. Yeah, Shane Witter. Um, and I feel like the room's not as deep as it was whenever TD roof was there. I, I feel like I it, agree. I, it took I a do. big hit. It took a the big hit, but, I feel like. I mean, our three linebackers, I am so confident in. The thing is, you're going to have to get a little bit of uh, – Shane Witter is going to have to give you a little bit and connect the same way. Yeah, but with those top three guys, I think it, in the tougher situations, it'll be 
Uh, I think they'll be fine, but the first couple games, I think we'll really get to see some guys like Kobe McKenzie, Kip Lewis, all three really of the freshman linebackers. So I think, you know, one of them, if they, if they perform, they could get some pretty good time this year. Yeah, but I, I look at it a little differently. Uh, I do think we are, we are definitely not very deep there because when you go, when you go into the depth, it's just a young unit. But what I see and what I think could happen, and this is just my opinion. I have no, nothing to tell me this, but I could see a guy like McCoy. Yeah, uh, Jake. Filling that roof role as a backup because he's been around. He's, he's, he's not like, he's kind of like roofing. He's not like the, he's not going to jump off the page as far as his athleticism, but he might be more, a lot more experienced in, in just being in the right positions uh, for when he would be used. You know what I mean? He's not going to be flashy like Kanak, but no, I could see him getting some also, run. Yeah. He's a guy that's huge too. He's like big. Yeah. He's bulked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It it wouldn't shock me if we saw a little bit of him play, but uh, I mean depth wise, it, it's I don't think it's very deep. But well, let, let me ask you this, guys. And, and there's Jackson, talent, had, but there's not depth. Yeah, L- let me ask you this, and Jackson, you you answer first, and then Brody. I was trying to think about this the other day. If you had to pinpoint right now. Jackson, what is the weakest part of OU's team going into the season 14 days away? Where do you think the weakest unit is? Um, I'm going to go with the safety room. You know, I feel like because outside of Key Lawrence and Billy Bowman, like you have Harrington and Justin Broyles in there, but you have to think about it. Justin Broyles really hasn't played that much safety in his career. And Harrington has barely played any college ball at all. And Harmon and Mukes and Spears, Jennings don't have any experience at all. So if one of those guys goes down, I could see the room not being in trouble, but they take a hit in on-field production. Yeah, I could see that. Brody, what about you? Is Brody on here? Do you get um, oh, there he is. I don't really have one off the top of my head. There's not really any weaknesses opposed to questions. Well, yeah, that's what I asked is what is the weakest part, in your opinion, of the team? I, well, I, didn't, I didn't say I don't it's know if weak. I can I'm pinpoint just... a position as a team, but there's certain parts. If I could like, change my answer, I would say kicker. Yeah. The experience at kicker, that could be a weakness. I would say kicker or backup quarterback. See, that was what I was going to say. If but Gabriel goes down, guys. Yeah. I, I mean. If Gabriel goes down, we're in big trouble. Yeah, we're I in trouble. So. I, I wouldn't say big trouble, but that's yeah. a concern. As much as I think it depends on kind of who it is that we're – depends on the situation. I mean, if we're healthy everywhere else, O-line's playing great, and we're playing Tech and Gabriel's down one week, I don't think it's a huge concern. Well, long-term, I'm saying, if it was a long Long, If it's a long-term, that's where it kind of gets me, because I think Bevel can hold it down for a couple games, but for a whole season, I just don't know. He he has the weapons to do it, though. He does, and and that throw he made to Gibson on that video looked pretty nice. But it's like even when you hear the staff talk about the second string and third string QB, like they say they like what they've seen, but I personally don't think they're very confident in what they have. Yeah, I I, I agree. I mean, I think it's just such a – Dylan Gabriel has kind of just brought that whole unit together. He knows the offense, so I think it would just be such a massive drop-off. You know what I mean? And also, like, Bevel is so new to OU, too. So, um, Gabriel's really good, though. 
Yeah, but Gabriel worked with those receivers the all offseason. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it would be a major blow. The one. Let's just hope group, we don't have to. No, yeah, let's hope. The yeah. one position group that I'm, I'm shocked at just kind of everything about it, and it's just mind blowing to me, is is defensive backs, and here's why. If you remember, as soon as Lincoln left and Venables came in, we were – how many transfer defensive backs came to OU? Like four? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely and, agree. And, I know what you're and, saying. And I well, thought, it was Kanai, Colden, and Morrison. And then there was one more, one there, is that it? Maybe that's it. But I yeah, thought all these guys might start. I thought the room was so weak that all these guys that come in might start – but I'm not even hearing their names thrown out there. I'm hearing it, guys that have been here for years. So that's I don't know where thing. Trey Morrison's gonna play. His I experience, I think, will he'll definitely have to play. But freaking DJ Graham. I mean, what day was it that the media went to practice? Was that Wednesday or Tuesday? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw I a video a picture Tuesday. of him doing a drill. He looks big too. I yeah, mean, but him I don't and Jaden Davis. I, I think they're yeah, fine for the I second think spot. That Jaden Davis really is the guy that's gotten the most help from the staff because he got his confidence back, you know? Yeah. Because he's a guy like, okay, think think about it. In the offseason, in the spring, was Jaden Davis hurt? Do you guys know? I don't think he was hurt. Because he was a guy we really didn't hear anything about, right? It was really Washington, and that's about all in the cornerback room. Washington. And now it's just yeah, yeah. And well, and well, oh, then, well, yeah. oh, I thought you were talking about yeah, 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 yeah. And then now in the summer into fall camp, it feels like we're hearing Graham Davis, Eaton, Eaton, Joshua Eaton. That's right. That's another guy. I feel like the room has gotten deep all of a sudden. And yeah. I think a lot of that has to do with the coaching. Yeah. Um, but, see, but see, I wonder if deep down, I wonder, because you remember DJ Graham was not very happy last year. I I wonder if Venables and the, and the crew coaches thought, we better get some safeties because Jaden Davis, some of these guys may, may leave, may transfer. You know what I mean? Let's Let's just – Get some more experience in here, but those guys have kind of like just kind of blossomed. It sounds like Graham and Graham and uh, and Davis, but Davis had to remember his freshman year. He was a stud, so we all knew he had kind of like the capability, kind of like yeah. Andrew Jackson. It was more in his head. Yeah, go, yeah. going back off of uh, what you said about like the experience of transfers coming in. I do think we're going to see Colden and Morrison, and I don't know about Walker because he's more young, and I think in the future he can be a really good piece at corner. But I think, like, Morrison could be someone who, if an injury did happen to go down at safety and you really don't want to bring an inexperienced player in, you can play Morrison there, or you can play Matt Nickel, or he can help out at corner. I think C.J. Colden will probably be at corner, but I don't really think they'll be starting. Yeah, I completely agree with everything that you just said. And you can never have too many guys that have a lot of experience. Because this defensive back room is very experienced. And I feel like that's going to help out a a lot this year. Because I feel like over the last couple years, ever since like, oh, 2020, like 2021, and, well, Last season, we didn't have an experienced DB room at all. But in 2020, we had guys like Trey Brown and Trey Norwood in there, and they had a lot of experience. And you saw the leaps, that, that how that experience can help your room. And I feel like there's a chance we could see this defensive back room be pretty solid this year. Agree. Yeah, I agree too, for sure. For sure. All right, well, 
What have you guys heard about the defensive line in camp? Let's talk about that. I hear I hear it's pretty pretty it's pretty mm-hmm. strong that pretty good rotation units between at least the twos. Um, yeah. My concern personally would just be Redmond's health. Um just because he never has really made it through a whole season with without having some injury, you know? Yeah. Um, so that would be my main concern. My other question would be, I think Ethan Downs is a num- for sure one end. The other end, I don't know if it's going to be Stripling, if it's going to be Grimes. Grimes. You Grimes. think over Stripling? I, I think Whoa. it's Grimes or Stripling. It, it looked like, like Stripling made some plays today at the scrimmage or last night looking at the video. Well, it's like I personally have been a very big supporter for Grimes, and I feel like this is the year where it's his chance to really step up because he's a guy that's like big and physically and Posing, he may not be the fastest or the quickest off the edge or the most talented, but I feel like he's going to get get a – he's a guy that's going to get a lot of time on the field. See, I agree with that because I feel like Stripling is a bit more quick than him, so I think we could probably see them in different situations. Mm-hmm. You'll see either Stripling or, or Grimes based on the situation. Yeah, it's going to be more of like a situational unit. It's just like uh, Thomas, too, and – training camp we've heard they use they've used him a lot on the first in the first team situationally on path on passing downs so i feel like he's a guy we can maybe see quite a bit this year yeah uh i think we'd see someone like clayton smith over him because i think clayton smith is more physically ready i think in a in in a year or two thomas will be there though Mm -hmm. And Clayton Smith is a guy who's starting to come along over the last couple of weeks, too. He was, like, our highest recruit in, like, one of our classes. I think it was 2025 or 2021. Yeah, it was 2020, 2020 I want to say. Yeah. He was a five-star in Rivals, I believe. So the kid is yeah. talent. What do you think about R. Mason Thomas? He going to get some run? Uh, I think yeah. he'll get his run in the first couple games, but after that, mm-hmm. I don't think he will play too much. What about Kelvin Gilliam? Gilliam, I I would like to see him he, play. That that's a deep group, though. Yeah, I would like to see him play, but I feel like he needs to get a year under Todd Bates and help him get more like. I just want to say more fundamental. Yeah. That's what is he? A sophomore, Gilliam. He, he's a red shirt, I think. There's no way he played over five games. No, he didn't play No, I thought he was a freshman. Last year he was a freshman, so he'd be a sophomore, right? Yeah, but I didn't think he played over four games. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. He'd still be considered a freshman. Yeah. He's a red shirt freshman. Yeah, he's not, not a true freshman. Yeah. He played in four games. All right, well, the offensive line unit. Maybe the strongest part of OU right there. Yeah. That it needs to be. Is, it really does. It does. So and I think we're hearing more and like more. Go ahead, Oh, Jeff. you go ahead. Say what you're going to say. Oh, well, I was going to say it sounds like they're starting to set, to set, separate themselves, especially yeah. on the first team. They're starting to play very good, I've heard. That yeah, build, I think we build, got three for sure. Yeah. Three for sure starters. Yeah, I think Matower, Rain, and Anton Harrison. Harrison. That whole side, basically. The left side and the center. Yeah, but so then, then the right side is the question mark. I'd still go with You Wyman guys don't Morris, think that Chris... But I, I think oh, Murray. Savion Bird and Chris Murray, that's a... I'm going to lean Chris, Chris Murray, Murray, but I think you could see Savion Bird maybe work his it way could be Mur- It could be Murray and Morris. Yeah, it could be Murray and Guyton, could be Morris and Bird. I mean, there's. Mm-hmm. Hey, I mean, Jacob Sexton could get an opportunity to play. They're talking about him a lot. And Taylor. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Jay yeah, those are going to be – they'll be second-string guys, and they will play yeah. probably. I mean, they're – what they say? I heard, like, nine nine guys. He said – Venables, I think, said we have nine guys who can play winning football. I think so, the one guy they're leaving out that's not one of the nine is Congle. Yeah, Congle. That's what I think, Like, too. so he, he he's going to be – if Rain gets hurt, he can do the job. He's just not like a guy that's going to be – He's not a guy that could go play next level, right? No. Like yeah. some of these other guys, yeah. Like Rame, yeah. But Congo, I don't think is that guy. So that's probably why they left him when he said nine, you know? Mm-hmm. For sure. And I feel like over the last two years, the offensive line has been a question. And now it seems like after Jerry Schmidt has came in, it feels like the offensive line has gone gone from the question of the team to the strength of the team. Yeah, and I think it's hopefully and it is it is O line, but I think it's also just in general, like the team. Like I, I don't remember mm-hmm. who said it, but somebody said when you get those gains muscle wise and you get those gains in, on your body, you're so much more confident. So just imagine an offensive lineman, if they get those mm-hmm. physical gains their their mindset is I can go bully this guy on the other end, no problem. Mm-hmm. Whereas before yep. it was almost like I'm gonna get whooped by this dude across from me, right? Now they have the mindset, dog mindset. I'm gonna go whoop him. Yep. Then I think Brent Venables or someone said that Anton Harrison was the guy who was starting to finally build that dog inside his head because he was a guy that. Was, they knew had talent, but he was just not being physical at the point of attack like they wanted him to be. And now he's finally starting to do that. And I think that's why we maybe heard the buzz about Guyton starting over Harrison just due to that fact because he wasn't playing up to the physicality that the staff wanted him to play at. Yeah, yeah and that's why I think been... having nine or ten deep is going to help because it's going to create more competition. That's right. And Venables yeah, can also sure. – He's pretty good at it. He may call your name out for being really good, but he also may call your name out. He may call another guy's name out to challenge you. Like, I'm going to throw Guyton out there to challenge Harrison. You know what I mean? To step mm-hmm. up. And, you know, Harrison was on the uh, first round volume of OUDNA. They interviewed him two or three times on there. Yeah. So. Are those going to come out every single week? or is I it... think it's a weekly. I, yeah. Which I, I imagine the next one will probably have uh, the talent show and stuff. But you know that guy that, yeah. that they spoke there at the end, Dan Leon? I've heard him yeah. speak in person at my church twice. He's an awesome really? speaker. Yeah. Wow. He's an awesome speaker. And, in fact, you know, the church we used to go to, the pastor there, this last Sunday said he talked to Dan after he went, because they're good friends, he talked to him after he went and spoke to OU. He said, all the OU fans better be very excited because they are getting ready to turn some heads. That's what he said. Yeah. So it's exciting times, man. Mm -hmm. Dude, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of like edging my seat at the end of that OU DNA when he was speaking. I was like, let's go, man. Seriously. I feel like now – this week, all I can have been starting to think about is I want OU football back. I want OU football back because it's so close. Oh, it's so close. The weather kind of cooled down a little bit. Mm-hmm. I even wore a long sleeve shirt to... one day. I was like, let's go. Yep. All right. Now, well, we, we we have to also, well, at some point on this podcast, we're going to have to bring up this tailgating issue. Yeah. Well, let's stay on training camp. Let's talk about the wide receiver room. Deep, um, deep. That, I think it may be the most talented room we've had there in possibly a while. That, like, depth-wise, if you hear about it, like, there's seven or eight guys that you could possibly see starting. Which is crazy because you remember when Mario Williams left, 
Mm-hmm. Everybody said Jaleel Fruit and Caleb Williams. That everyone said Jaleel Fruit's gone. Right, we're gonna be hurting. And people mm-hmm. were also kind of worried about Mims. And now look and at Weiss. it. And, and Weiss. Weiss. And, but now look at it. And you also got to take into consideration. Jeff Levy and Venables comes in and they go get Gibson, Nick Anderson, and I, I got to throw JJ Gavin Freeman. Gavin, Gavin Freeman's name out there. Mm-hmm. Yep. He went and got I've Gavin that, Freeman as a walk-on. Yep. I've heard that Gavin Freeman has taken reps in the slot, he's gonna play quite a bit. Oh yeah, he's gonna for sure get but on guys, the field. Jaden Gibson, I'm, I, this guy. I mean, guys, I'm telling he's you, a, he's a legit to be the next best receiver out of Norman. Guys, six five. Guys, six five. Oh yeah, you don't see many of those running around anymore. Mm-mm. He's six five and got hands and can run routes. I mean, he's dude, six five and he runs a four five. Yes. Who's going to – here's the thing. Who's going to guard him down at the end zone? Like, if you go one-on-one, jump no ball. No one. Jump ball all day long. Hey, not even because, that. Hey, Give how me Hester, Hester, Anderson, and Gibson in the goal line. You got 6-4, six, 6-4, four, six, four, and 6-5. Mm-hmm. Well, then, yeah, if, then if you think about it, another guy you can split out wide is Helms. He's what, like 6-4? Six, and Braden Willis. Yeah. Hey, how tall was Hazelwood? He was another one that left. How tall was he? He was like 6'3". Six, 6'2". Six, six, oh, yeah, and he looked I'll, like a I'll beast think. out there. I mean, Gibson, I think he's more like 6'3". But Hazelwood left too. Remember, they were like, that five-star class, oh, you have Mario Williams, he's Hazelwood. Six, they're all gone. And now look at it. Deepest, mm-hmm. deepest room we have, I think. Deepest position group. Better offensive line. I agree. But you know, you know what's not far behind him. I, I think this might be the best group of running backs we've had in a while. Running backs, yeah. Did you hear what oh, he yeah. said about Major? Yeah. Yep. He's a best guy that camp, I best think time is, since he's been here. He's starting to turn heads in camp. Yeah, and I heard I heard John Hoover. I think it was on his podcast, the All Sooners podcast, which is a great podcast too. If, you, if anyone's some Sooner stuff, Sooner information. They're really good on Sooner content. Yeah. But yeah. Hoover was saying that, you know, he really likes Major, and he goes off the fact of if you're on defense, who would you rather tackle? Probably Gray. He may make you miss, but Major's going to bruise you. Oh, you yeah. don't want any part of him. Mm-hmm. It, then if he speaking, stays healthy, they're that one-two punch that, that we need. Mm-hmm. Well, and then you can throw also throw Sawchuck or Barnes in there. Mm-hmm. Well, and then it's like, speaking of him, his freshman year, I believe, uh, several people said he, in practice, was like the next coming of Adrian Peterson. Yeah, his body type. I mean, he's yeah, he's and built he that way. Run. Yeah, he is. But, you know. He may lead the team in attempts this year. He might. And I know y'all, have done, I know y'all have done your research, and y'all have, because I know y'all put an article out, which... Anybody listening, go check out the website. Uh, great articles on there. Brody and Jackson have been doing. Uh, y'all put one out, I believe, on the running backs. And y- y'all correct me here but because y'all know the information. But if you go back to Ole Miss and Levy's offense last year, how many how many of the running yeah, backs had over like I, 100 attempts? I had it was that, a good amount. That, yeah, how, they, had, yeah. they had four people with over 100 rushing attempts. So one we're of them was Matt care. Corral. Okay, but but so three running backs, but three people with over 100 rushing yeah. attempts on the seat. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So I don't know. It's just crazy to think because there's. I feel like there's no room on the team outside of the quarterback room that isn't deep, but the experience. Yeah, I mean, I, I would kind of agree. And, you know, I think also when you when you just kind of look back in the years past, I always knew the passing game was going to be great. But I always had a little bit of concern about the running game. Not that, oh, you didn't have running backs. Like Kennedy Brooks was good. But Lincoln just wouldn't trust it. You know what I mean? Whereas I think mm-hmm. this year it's going to be a little different. I think we're going to be a 
we're going to mix it up. But I think when we really need to pound somebody and end the game, I feel like with this quick offense we're running, we can just wear mm-hmm. some people out. Then someone said, y'all, you guys might know who said it, that the offense is going to cause a lot of teams trouble this year. Do you guys remember who said that? I don't remember. Are you talking about because of the speed they go at? Yeah, because because of the speed. That, well, Venable said it. He he said it at one yeah, point. Yeah, that may have been what I'm saying. But, like, the defensive practice is starting to adjust to the speed. But whenever we go out and play an opponent, it's going to take them three and a half quarters to finally adjust to the speed. And it probably will be too late for that defense. Yeah, well, they'll be tired. And think yeah. about this. You know, the substitutions, if we don't substitute and we're going quick, they can't substitute. So if you get mismatches mm-hmm. in there and they they say they bring in a defense to try to stop the run, and now you have a receiver on a linebacker or a, or a or Braden Willis on a linebacker, or you know what I mean? It's, it's going to be trouble for them. Yeah. I'm going to say OU averages 45 points a game this year. That's my that's what I think they're going to average. Somewhere around. Uh, I'm going to put it at 42. Which I mean, I'm not going to get all uh, I I do have some boomer sooner colored glasses on here, but guys, if we average 45 points a game, put me in the national championship guaranteed. I'm serious. Mm. I, OU's not going to give up. OU's yeah. not going to have the... I agree. Here's the thing. I think this is my honest opinion. I think the worst OU goes this year before postseason is one loss. I, I don't think they lose more than once. I agree. I yeah, think there's... I, there's I a, think... Well, if you think about it, like, every year there's always that trap game. So I yeah, they could, they could stumble once. Yeah, I would say their floor is... Ten and two, but I re- I realistically see them going eleven and one, which I think it's extremely difficult to go twelve and zero. But I think this team has the right. The the schedule is is uh made for us more than it Fifth. probably will be for a while. I mean, yeah, for sure. Baylor, K State, no issue at home. Let me ask you this: eleven and one, does that get you into the playoff? Yeah. Yep. If you win the Big 12 championship, yes. Look, yeah, I and, think and so. right now, talking about national football and playoff and all that, this is a if we play it to the potential that I know we think that this team can and a lot of other OU fans think think they can, I do think the only other teams that I would say are legitimately better than us at the moment are Ohio State and Bama. I think right now, no, we're not there, but – once we start to see these guys play, it wouldn't shock me if that's how it comes down. Yeah, I can. Yeah, and I can and agree, agree with that. Doesn't? I mean, I'm, I was just looking at the national schedule. You know, you got some huge games at the beginning of the year. With you have uh, Notre Dame, uh, Ohio, Ohio State, right? State, Notre Dame, and then I think you have Georgia and Oregon. Uh, Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, and that's a, so, that's a tough game for them too, because Dan Lanning. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, and so what and I'm d- saying is, you're gonna and, have guys that have losses this year. You know what I mean? I don't think Clemson goes undefeated. Clemson, NC State, and and Wake Forest. Do they play both of them? Mm. They play Wake Forest and they play NC State back to back. Do they play? They don't play. And they play Notre Dame. Yeah. And Miami. They go yep. to Notre Dame. And two Wake Forest. I Who couldn't see them going undefeated. Clemson. Clemson. Yeah, they're not going undefeated. Nah. I don't know. I feel like though, Clemson is a team that I feel like if they put everything together, is a team that could win the national championship because like they have talent. Oh yeah, but, for like, sure. They like. I compare them a lot to OU. You know, if they put all their talent on the field and if everything goes right, they're going to be a hard team to beat. Yeah, I think so. And, I mean, you got – let's see. 
the, there's only one game next week, Nebraska, right? Nebraska Northwestern. I think there's a couple games, but I don't think there's anyone that big that plays. I think it's like smaller schools. I mean, you know that today was it. Today was our last Saturday of no college football. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy for 19 weeks. Hey, Thursday. So, sub- oh. Never mind, I was going to say. Go ahead, Jackson. Uh, Well, I was trying to find the first games, but on ESPN, I can only see Thursday, September 1st. Yeah, I don't know what Nebraska's on, if it's on Fox or what. But what's this is kind of off topic a little bit. What is OU going to do next year with that game against Georgia? Do you think they're going to play that or change it? Mm, no, because I – it depends on if we go you to the SEC in next year. If not. we go to the SEC next year, they're going to cancel that game. Yeah. Get a different game. That's what I think is going to happen. Because did y'all see – did y'all see OU pulled out of that basketball tournament? Yeah, I know they did. Did you know why? Why? Well, you can't have two teams from the same yeah. conference in, a, in, a, in a, that tournament. And OU and Ar- – I think it was Arkansas. We're both scheduled to be oh. in it. So that kind of threw up some red flags the other day. People were like, oh, they're leaving next year. Yeah. Or they wouldn't have pulled out. Well, it's like. If so I hope we leave next year. Well, why I think we could leave in 2023 is because Brand Venables in the spring said a lot that OU fans need to get prepared for the SEC. He never said he needs to get paid for to, that they need to stay prepared prepared for the next couple of years and the Big 12. Now, he brought yeah, up the see a lot of times. I don't think anyone would want to mess with the Big 12 with all these new teams coming in. It would just be a mess. It would be yeah. a mess, but here's the main here's the main issue. Money's going to drive this thing and what's going to the main thing that's going to fix this and make it happen next year in my opinion is you had the huge deal that Big 10 just signed with NBC and, and CBS. CBS, right? So ESPN mm-hmm. lost all their Big Ten games, basically. ESPN's going to probably they, – they have everything on the SEC right now. They're going to be like, hey, Big 12, give us OU Texas, please, so we can – they're going to pay bukus. I'm telling you, they're going to be like, we want OU Texas next year in the SEC for ESPN. And they're going to money up. And it's going to happen, mm-hmm. I think, next year. They'll be in it. Yeah, I agree. ESPN ESPN has to have that. Like, either that or they're going to have to go get Big 12 games or something. Because ESPN's hurting this. Like, they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and then it's like, talking about getting prepared for the SEC, I don't know if you guys have seen the clips that have gone around of the new LED light system. Oh, it's sweet but looking. That 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 looks sick. That's gonna be a cool. Now just give have. us some night games. Give us some night games. Yeah, I know. Seriously, the second game's a night game, right? Yeah, first Kansas State. It's the Stripe the Stadium game. Yeah, it is. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a that's a cool. You know, I also heard that they're just doing so many renovations over there right now for the football, for the program. It's just crazy. Yeah. I know. By the end of the, this season, I mean, I expect them to start adding on to the stadium by the end of this season. Yeah, possibly. I mean, they're moving. Dad Turnip scene, man. He, that dude knows what he's doing. He's he's getting oh, yeah. things done. What did y'all mm-hmm. think about the whole rumor that came out Did you, this last week from Keegan Renault? On about Lincoln Riley didn't he was set up to fail because did y'all see that? Did he say that or did Riley? I saw it? Yeah, I saw Keegan it. Keegan Renault yeah. said that, that that basically he said that basically Lincoln Riley had asked for this stuff and OU said no. And I I, I agree and I also very much disagree. Yeah. Why? Because. Well, there's a lot of it things, that I don't think is true, but I do think there's some truth to Lincoln Riley watching a team like A&M go out and do what they did with that recruiting class and him thinking, I just need to do that same thing. But 
I also don't think he was set up to fail by any means because if he was set up to fail, I don't know that you would see Brent Venables doing what he's doing right now with recruiting. Well, I'm not talking about recruiting. I'm talking about, you know, when Venables came on, he said, I want yeah, this yeah, many yeah. staff, extra staff members. I want all the nutrition stuff, all this Jeff stuff, all the mm-hmm. programs. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, Riley, Riley, people are saying now that Riley wanted that too, and they said no. But I think it was because they knew he was kind of halfway in, halfway out. He went all bought in. Well, yeah, for sure. Then I feel like Josie and Joseph Harris are so bought into what Thad Turnipseed and Brent Venables want to do because I feel like they know that OU hasn't hasn't played up to what OU is, you know, because they haven't won a national championship in 22 years now, and that's a long time for as prestige of a school as OU. And I feel like they're, and I feel like they know what it takes to get to the next step of being a program. Oh yeah. Then also Did like y'all... culture too is another thing, because I bet Josie knew that the culture was starting to get whack with whenever Coach Riley was here. Um. But I feel like things are good now within the program. Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think you could just see it. I mean, just when the culture was so soft. I mean, it was a very soft culture under Lincoln Riley. And just the fact of, I mean, last year he misses that that press conference, like no big deal, okay. I mean, he just wasn't into it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and I think it was – you could see it from the very first year he came in. You know, it was Stoops, guys, but we went to the playoffs, should have beat Georgia. But every year it kind of went down – I mean, I wouldn't say downhill. We were still good teams, but I don't know. We just kind of got a little bit softer and softer. Well, yeah, it went downhill because after that – year we lost to Georgia, I want to say, didn't he decide to get rid of Jerry Schmidt? Or was that yeah, the year after left. Kyler yeah. left? No, you're right. It was after Georgia. He was only yeah. here one year with Lincoln. Yeah. And that was our best year. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah. Did y'all see right. the Did y'all see the Fox College football ad today with Lincoln? Please. Did, did he oh look old in God. that? I actually didn't see it. Bro, do you know No, he looks – yeah, he looks he, bigger he, and older looks, and gray hair. Yeah, he looks fat and he looks like he's fit. I'm pulling now. up right now. No, he put on a little bit of weight in the face or something. Something looks different. Yeah, he looks I even older, took, a lot older now. He looks older, gray hair. I even took a double take and I was like, "Oh, that's somebody acting like Lincoln Riley." But no, it was him. And the yeah. fact that he was even on that is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. His hair looks more gray. That's what I said. Yeah, I know. It looks way, way more gray. It's like way gray. all gray. And he's, he's like worried about 37, 38 now. Oh, yeah. He has but, more yeah, gray hair than joke is my grandpa. He has more gray, yeah. gray hair than my grandpa. I'm being serious. Yeah, he, he does. does. Urban Meyer. Hey, you know what the biggest joke of all is? Urban Meyer on there. I mean, how many oh, things can God. you do wrong and just people – forgive you and just say oh we'll hire you back for millions of dollars it's sickening. yeah dude. i know it's freaking sickening the guy's a joke why isn't bob stoops on there it's because the xfl well, deal but still yeah he was way better than urban meyer not oh, even yeah, close sure. not even close no you're, you're right it's not even close all right, so, Jason, can you explain us this tailgating thing? Because I'm confused on it. Like, I really don't uh, know. So, no, nah, basically, like, is, it's more I know private, private tailgating. tailgating and listen, people are mad about listen, that. guys, guys, listen. When was the last time you went to an OU game? Um, Did you go last year, Jackson, at OU? No, the last one I went was with y'all to the one versus Kansas. Okay, 
Do you remember walking around campus and there were those tents set up and there were people the white standing tent. there? People were standing yeah. there basically saying you could rent this out for this price. That's basically mm-hmm. what they're That's doing. More, but all they across, just did more of it. More across Lindsay. But here's the deal. The reason people are mad is that used to be major tailgating free. Basically, you stand in line, mm-hmm. you you take your spot, and, and you tailgate. And I think people thought going into the SEC, they were all that back. And to do that again, because you got you got schools in the SEC like Ole Miss, you got a bunch of tailgating schools over there, and they want to be just like that. But here's my opinion: like, I, I think it sucks too. But it's not a it's not an athletic department thing. This was a university thing, so it comes yeah. from the university. I eventually think they're going to change it again. Uh, but some of the yeah. people that whine about it also got to understand it. Those are probably going to be booked up within hours of opening it, okay? They're going to make their money, and it's going to go back to the athletic program. So I I don't know. I mean, either way, I I think the atmosphere is way better without the private ones, but I just don't Mm -hmm. know if it'll happen or not. So, like, for this private tail – for the private tailgating now, right, are you allowed to tailgate on Campus Corner with it now or not? I don't know how far this Lindsay Street tailgating goes. Yeah. That's what I don't know. Well, because whenever I went, like, a couple years ago to my first game, like, there were people that had, like, cars and, like, RVs and stuff out on Campus Corner, but there was no tents allowed, I don't think. So are you? I wonder if you're allowed to have tents out there now. Yeah, I wonder. I don't know. I think there's going to be some tailgating. I just don't know how much would be public. You know what I mean? How much is private? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure yeah. how they're going to do that. Have you seen, like, the O-line, like, rain and all their them parents that are doing something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're doing, like – I didn't like, see that. Yeah, the, all, all of the O-line parents' families are all getting together, and they're doing, like, a big free tailgating thing. For a bunch of people, like, you can go there and you can send line and they'll have, like, food for you and stuff. Oh, really? Same with the Evers family as well. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I didn't see that. What I wonder is it's if... interesting. I haven't really looked, but do you guys remember when we went and stood and kind of watched the players walk in? We were, like, right mm-hmm. there. Is that still... You can still do that one, right? Yeah. Yeah, you'll That's been a tradition that's been there for a long time. It's called the Walk of Champions. Yeah, that's right, the Walk of Champions. Except they'll be in suits this year. Yeah. In suits. That's going to take some time to get adjusted to, I feel like. Yeah, it's going to take me some time to get adjusted to. And what is, mm-hmm. like, what is Venables going to wear on the sidelines? What's his gear going to look like? Mm. You know, no vibe. Probably yeah, something along sure. the line of uh, the spring game, what we saw more than. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he dresses like Stoops. You know, because you he talks with a lot the about Bob, yeah. Because he talks a lot Possibly. about Bob, Bob Stoops. Because at Clemson a lot, he would wear, like, a white or purple visor, like, all the time. Yeah, that's true. I say. White or purple. That's true. So. I'm ready, man. Yep. How much of the staff do you think will be up up in the box? Actually sitting up there. Doesn't Lebby like to be up in the box? Think so. Yeah, he does. I bet Ted, Ted Ted Roof will probably be up in the box. Roof will be up there, and then you'll have Bates and Chavis on the sidelines. Yeah, Wells will be up there. Maybe Brandon Hall will be up in the box. Who did you say? Wells? Yeah, Wells. Yeah, will be up yeah. There. Not Wells. Yeah, I think, Bra- Hall? I think Brandon Hall is a little underrated. Yeah, I I agree. He used to be a defensive coordinator, dude, at Troy. At Troy, like, and he yeah. led them to extreme success. 
Yeah. They were so, like top, top 20, top 30 in the country, I want to say. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's sure. going to be a fun what, year, man. It's so What close. is your prediction? UTEP game, guys. Score prediction. You got one yet? I do. Hey, I have a yeah, score prediction. Let's do this now, and then let's soon we actually do, like, our official, like, big, Season like. prediction. Like, our game predictions and stuff before the, like, our podcast before the first game. Let's see if it changes. I. Pretty sure All UTEP right. plays next. Yeah, I think they play the tw- the August twenty sixth. UTEP does. Yeah, they played North Texas on the twenty. That's right, North Texas. All right, well, so my score prediction is going to be seventy to thirteen OU. Thirteen. Seventy to thirteen. Yeah, I'm telling you, I think they're gonna go out and try and score like over fifty points in the first half. I think that they want to set a statement. Brody, what do you say? Uh, I don't really know. I'd I'd lean like. 63, 17, 63, 21, something along that line. Yeah, I'm going to go 52-10. 52-10. I, I think we know the first two games are going to be cakewalks, but it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, though. Mm-hmm. Yep. For sure. Well... There's a thing that I want to. Did you guys see what Scott Frost said about his offensive line? Do you guys think that I was saw true that. or not? That's bullcrap. I feel like he's just saying that to make act like their practices are so tough and. That's not a good. Gonna, that might be that true. Not a good thing. That's not a good thing. Yeah. No. Like by all I'm, means, have them throw up on the sideline a minute in the middle. Yeah. Plus, I don't know how much to believe on him because, I mean, he's been talking for the last three years how he's turned turned them around. I haven't seen any much of it. You know what I mean? No, yeah. And then I want to say at the start of fall camp or at the start of this week that their offensive coordinator said that their offense Mm -hmm. was was struggling so much. And then Casey Thompson came out and said they had their best practice of the year. So I don't know who to believe. We'll see that, next but... weekend. We'll get a little bit more. Yeah. I think I think we we got to talk about this Texas situation. Oh, the Texas QB situation. Well, I, think I heard today that with their heard injuries. Today. First of all, well, they yeah, they had multiple injuries. Like yeah, they have several guys. Players. Yeah, starting O lineman and Isaiah. Starting O line, yeah, and receiver, right? Isaiah, yeah, I, I don't remember his last name. Nayer. That's right. But then you have, Nayer. I even heard maybe another O lineman got injured in the scrimmage today, but I also heard that. Their quarterback threw like two pick sixes and stuff. Yours, yeah, yours. Which who first cards the quarterback and now yours because the boosters have supposedly pushed yeah. Sark into starting him. What a mess, dude. We well, do you know? Do you know? Um, I have a theory that the athletic de- department told Sark. That they that they need to start him, or if he doesn't succeed this year, he'll be fired. I don't doubt that at all. Yeah, because there's no way that because like we all heard that Hudson Card was having a lot better camp than Quinn was, but somehow Quinn is the name the starter. Well, listen. Sark last year screwed up 
because I watched the beginning of Texas' season. I thought Hudson Card was pretty dang good, to be honest with you. I just thought he was very young. And they pulled him and put in Thompson. And knowing Casey Thompson is not going to be your future because, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. so I think if they would have just let Card played all year and got experience. They would have been fine I mean, this I think, year. I, think he was a, I mean, he was highly recruited. Yes, and yeah. I think he would have been good this year. But then well, they not only do that, then they Thompson transfers and they go out and get Ewers and pay him a boatload of money, which now they feel like they have to start him. Well, it's yeah. just a mess, dude. Well, like, talking about Card, the game that he played against Arkansas last year, I want to say where yes. Texas yes. lost, but it was like the first three quarters he played solid. He made some then, really good throws, yes. Yeah, and then in that fourth quarter, that experience really hurt him because he didn't, the environment was starting to get to him. He felt the pressure and stuff, which happens to young QBs all the time, but. Yeah, but he was when like, you yank a quarterback like that, and he's young, it, and it kills messes confidence. with your mind, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're a debacle, dude. They need somebody. There's, the problem is their boosters run it, and they need somebody to come in there as a head coach, kind of like Venables, that, you know, he's got that no put-up-with-anything attitude. But the problem yeah. is I don't know if the boosters will allow that. No. They need an actual coach. They don't just need someone to come in there and coach, yeah. but not actually coach. Like, they need an actual coach. Mm-hmm. For sure. I may have to change my prediction on them. I had them predicted in the top three of the Big 12. But I don't know. We can get into all that on our next part. Because that's, I mean, that's, I think we'll know more a little soon mm-hmm. man this is off subject did y'all see Chet Holmgren got injured yeah he I did. did not yeah yeah he, yeah, he, no did. he yeah <laughs> that's what I that's what, what is I LeBron J- what, what are they even playing right now wait LeBron what are you James, saying hey LeBron it's James some like did, pro-am they, crossover thing it's, it's the dumb. yeah yeah but Chet I didn't get hurt Guys, yeah, yeah, I'm so dang sick of stepped on and it got rolled. That he came out because the floors were too bad, so they called the game. Oh dang! He got injured. He injured his ankle, but you know what? Yeah, LeBron freaking James needs to just. I cannot. I. The guy, the season ended, and he's played in all these little no-name games. Like, dude, get. What are you doing? Like, what's he doing? Well, what's he yeah. what's he playing in, guys? I saw him two weeks ago in this other league. It's like a lifetime yeah. fitness league. Get, seriously, you just got ninety seven million, bro, for two years. Get off the mm-hmm. gym for a little bit and, and wait till the season starts. How about you try to play with your guys and get your team ready? Yeah. Well, then it's like I'm gonna hop back on subject for a minute, but uh, the OU basketball non-conference schedule came out and to me it looks like a very tough non-conference schedule yeah it's, it's a good an schedule. easy schedule this year no it's a good schedule because they got arkansas villanova who else nebraska and then a potential like you could oh. see memphis you could see all kinds mm-hmm. of people if you beat nebraska yeah. which no way we should lose to nebraska and then there's florida and then also Florida, non-conference is right. Bama. Bama. But that's the Big 12 SEC challenge. Yeah. So we don't play Auburn again? Yeah, it's a good it's a good non-con. Yeah, it is. When does the season start for basketball? When's the got first game? November, October. mid-November. No. No, the first game's October. Okay. So that's pretty close, too. Yeah, long. and you know all their guys got their waivers, you know, but Bamasil or Basimit, how do you say his name? Bamasil. Uh, yeah, Bamasil got his waiver, so they're yeah. all good now. I think you're only looking for one more starting role. Who's it going to be? It doesn't start till November 11th, buddy. Oh my bad. Yeah. And I don't know how much of a role you're. 
It's going to be Bamisville, Sherfield, Groves Hill, and probably away or Noland. Actually, no, I'm going, is it away or Jacob Groves? I can yeah, see Jacob I think Groves. it's going to be Jacob Groves from day one, but mm-hmm. I'd see it being away as the season starts to progress. No, I also think day one it could very well be away because I, Jacob Groves off the bench could be, I mean, you're bringing in Uzon, Groves, Cortez, Nolan, Yayakita. I mean, it's mm-hmm. pretty solid. Yeah, this this is a big year for Moser, I think. Oh, the team's yeah. way better than last year's team. Yeah, there's a lot more talent this year than last oh, year. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like OU Athletics, really, their whole department is great in everything right now. Sorry, my thing cut out. Yeah, I mean, what what sport is doing bad right now? There isn't one, is there? Mm-mm. Across the board. I mean, it's... No. Oh, yeah. All right, well, is that all we have for tonight? Y'all think? Y'all got anything else to say? I think so. I think it's about it. Maybe we'll hit it up again midweek. We got to get another one this midweek because this week should be out by tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then I think Saturday, next Saturday we got game week, so you start game week preparation. So yeah, yeah. Thir- Thursday night I cannot do a pod, so it'd have to be Tuesday or Tuesday. late Wednesday night. All right, Tuesday okay. night works good.